Welcome along to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Guyte. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And today on the show, we have a very special guest. We have got Mickey Limmer, and we are talking about how to get top dollar in today's market. Now, this is a really interesting question because we are in a bit of a softer market compared to last year. So if you are selling your property, how do you get the best price possible when the market isn't as hot as it's been in the past. Now, a wee bit of news. Last time Mickey came on the show, you were working for a different real estate agency. And now, we're very excited, Mickey has just joined Opus Partners. Now, Mickey, you're one of my favourite agents because you've got something to say. (laughs) Every agent has got something to say. So let me ask you, what is the way in a softer market you actually get the best price possible? Well, it always comes back to the three P's when selling your property. So the first P is presentation, second's promotion, and also process. Okay, so let's walk through the three P's and dig into what these actually mean for people trying to get the top dollar in today's market. So walk us through presentation. What does it actually mean for somebody trying to sell? So presentation essentially surrounds what the buyer sees when they visit the property. And it's about keeping your gardens tidy, making sure that the home is in really good order. Buyers really like to purchase property that it is clear the property has been well looked after and maintained through its lifespan. Now, Mickey, we can go into one of my deals at the moment. So this is actually isn't one of my properties. So I love Mickey with so many properties to sell over the years. I've decided he just has to join our team so that it costs me less money. Uh, <laughs> although I don't know how that's working out. And anyway, he's at the moment selling my mum's house. So my mum and dad have lived in this house for... 15 years, say, and just, I mean, my dad was an absolute hoarder, wasn't he? Oh, like, he definitely enjoyed collecting lots of things. Junk, (laughs) junk. And anyway, so Mickey's been lumped in with the presentation piece of this particular project. Maybe I could do, the fourth P would be project manager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he's been the project manager for this so far. Tell me what you've done for that one. So this is an old house in Horswell that needed to be tidied up. What have you done there? In order to make sure that your family get the best return on their investment there, I've said, look, let's get it cleared. Let's get it fully repainted on the interior and exterior. We're getting full new carpet and vinyl throughout. I've got them to change the handles on the kitchen joinery. joinery and we're doing some landscaping there as well. So essentially when the buyer walks in, there's very little for them to actually undertake for them to live happily in there. And, and I, think- I think that's something really important to point out that as investors, if you're following the active renovations-based strategy, that's not the sort of property you want to buy, but it's definitely the sort of property you want to sell. You want to be able to, you know, somebody's going to make money by doing this property up, it might as well be you. So you'd sold that property without the tidying up done. What do you reckon you would have got for it? Based on the recent sales in the area and my sort of gut feeling, having been in the industry for nearly 10 years now, was about sort of 565, 575 at best. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty rough around the edges. How much do you reckon we've spent so far? I've had a sort of a budget of about 32 to 35,000 in total. Okay, cool. And and then sale price now? You really should be in the sort of 660 to 670 mark. Yeah. Now, see, the interesting thing about that, so say you've got a buyer at that 565, 575. 
if you've got a first home buyer and they want to do all of that stuff, call it $40,000 worth of work. They've got to have the $40,000 over and it. above their deposit. It's just not going to happen. You're far more likely to find a buyer who's got a 20% deposit of 660 than you are for someone to have a 10, 20% deposit of the 565 and then the 40, 50K on top of that. And then the time for it, because it's been empty for a while, hasn't it, Mickey? Uh, it's been empty for a while. So there's a bit of work to undertake. You couldn't just buy it and move your family right in. No, absolutely. And through my experience, people just don't have that extra money to invest in the renovations. Yes. So if you've got the funds available as an investor, or you're better to actually just undertake those Do works yourself. so that you can actually maximise your investment on the on sale of it. And just before we get into promotion, it's important to note that staging is also part of presentation. Oh, yeah. Yes, you've got to do up the property if there's the ability to. And obviously the difference between a good agent and a more run-of-the-mill agent is that somebody who really knows their stuff can advise you on which renovations are actually going to add a bit of value. But staging is the other big thing that you really need to think about. Such an important part of that, right? I have a philosophy where I'd, I'd avoid selling properties that don't have staging in them. I always find it, for the buyer's perspective, it's hard for them to fall in love with an empty room. Yeah. I can't count how many times sort I've of shown people through the pre-settlement inspection and they're sort of a bit bemused. They're like, where's that lovely staging gone? We don't know <laughs> if we like the house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Too late now. <laughs> it's because you've made it look like a magazine with your nice staging and the white linen and the big headboard and that. Correct. Next P, which is one of my favourites is promotion. And actually, I mean, this reminds me of one of my old sayings. It, what's the- You can't uh, sell a secret? No, no. That's one of your favourites. What do you reckon the <laughs> What do you reckon the most sold hamburger in the world is? Oh, Big Mac. The Big Mac. But is it the best? No. What's the difference? One's more famous. Now, I'm best sure you marketing. actually, you've stolen that from Mickey, I've, I'm pretty I've sure. I've stolen it from Mickey and I only said that to wind him up. <laughs> yeah, so that, what's that is one of my sort of dinner table favourites. favourites yeah. What, the Big Mac? <laughs> <laughs> for more, more reasons than one, Andrew, yeah. So to walk us through P for promotion. What does this involve if I want to get top dollar for my property in a quieter market? Every good advertising campaign starts with great photography. So I use two really good photographers and videographers, and I always make sure that we get twilight shots. They tend to stand out from among the rest, and it really gives the property a nice moody aspect so that when people are scrolling through online, it's a bit of a point of difference and it jumps out at them. Because you do tend to flick through, especially if you've been looking for a while, you flick through Trade Me and you just skim, and then if something stands out... You, you click, click on, on it. it. Now, by twilight shots, just if people haven't heard that term, we're talking about like 6.30pm at night where all the lights are on. Who, and the li- who on the podcast was listening to that going, what could a twilight shot be? I'm just explaining <laughs> okay. it because I might not have understood it. <laughs> It's where all the lights are on and it's beaming out the windows and, oh, it looks so nice. I'd love to come home to that. I could see myself cooking dinner in there despite the fact that I never cook. you eat dinner at your desk nine out of ten days in a week. Yeah, and usually at 9pm at night, so I don't know. I'm not coming home to no twilight shop. But that's what we're talking about, isn't it, Mickey? Absolutely. We use a lot of video as well, especially in the market in Christchurch. There's been a lot of commentary about it in the press and it states that there's a huge amount of interest from people outside of Christchurch looking to purchase in here. So we feel like if we can give them a really good high quality video, they feel like they understand and appreciate what's on offer better. And what does that all cost? 
For a good package like that, I think you're looking at about $800 inclusive of GST. And in terms of advertising, what do you do there? I typically do most of my advertising online. I'm a millennial. I don't read the paper. But if it's like an over 60s or if it's a property that would really suit a downsizer or some of the older folk, I will advertise in the press. I think that's a great place to do it. But generally speaking, super features on Trade Me, really good features on realestate.co and homes.co, one roof, all the websites. One thing to note as well, realestate.co is one of the only websites that you can view from overseas. So simply just putting it on Trade Me, you're actually going to miss a lot of the so overseas. Hang on. Trade Me, you can't see from overseas. What do no, you mean? if you're looking from the US or the UK, you can't use it. It's got a IP blocker. Yeah, correct. Really? Yeah. So I'll I don't know that. We're going to have to go use your dodgy VPN, Andrew, and see if we can access it from, really? from the UK. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm selling property and I'm getting inquiries from Australia, the UK, the US, they're all coming from realestate.co. Okay, that's really interesting. And what does it cost to put everything online? I'd say trade me. They always seem to be putting up their prices. But I think about a package is about 499 and with realestate.co, it's 299 So oh, like across- a thousand bucks, eh? Correct, yep. I imagine realestate.co is cheaper because it's actually owned by the Ryan to the big agencies. The yeah. It is. Now, let's come across to the third P, which is process. Now, I'm interested in this because we're talking about sales processes here, and I expect that these will start to change in a quieter market. It might not make sense to do as many auctions anymore. So how are you thinking about which sales processes might be appropriate, obviously depending on the situation, in today's market? Yeah, it's definitely property specific. So if you've got a property that has a lot of unique features or it's just something that is very difficult to price, auction is a wonderful process for you. If we have a property that we feel, you know, there's a bit of competition out there on the market, there's a lot of comparative properties that are for sale at the time. Typically a deadline sale process is better and that's just obviously like a closed tender. And then for some property recently we've actually been pricing it, which is new to me because I haven't done price marketing for many years. And just to be clear, that's not because you're young, it's because we haven't seen that a lot over the last couple of years. There hasn't been a lot of advertised price. Absolutely not, Ed. So when the market is very buoyant and rising, most people either tend to opt for the auction or a deadline sale. But when it tends to drop, some people just would prefer to price it at a level that they know it's saleable and they can exit. How are you finding buyers respond to having prices actually advertised? I imagine that they'd much prefer it. Yeah, it's a two-edged sword there. People use it as a negotiation point. So it's a start, you know. They, whatever you, whatever yeah. you put on it, someone's going to come at a lower price, yeah, right? Yeah. And then sometimes it's a very difficult thing to do, in my opinion. And I think it's something that you should use caution when you're selling. I think it's important that when you do price a property, you don't price it too high. And by that, I mean, if you launch a property and it's priced at a certain point and we have no feedback, no interest, nobody coming through the front door, it's quite clearly that we've priced it above the market. By the same token, we don't want to underprice it and have four offers the day it goes live because we've missed the mark there as well. So I think if you are pricing the property, there needs to be a lot of consideration around that. So talking about multi-offer environments, we're undoubtedly entering a bit of a softer market at the moment where there's more opportunity for buyers to negotiate. How do you create a multi-offer environment or, or can you at all anymore? 
yeah, I think that leads into my fourth P, actually, that I haven't covered, and that's professionalism or professional. And I think it's really critical to engage with a really highly skilled and known real estate agent in this market as they are going to have the best skill set to make sure that your property is in demand with the buyers and they can create multiple offers or multiple bidders at auction for you. Yeah, I often joke with journalists when we have chit chats, you know, over the last two years, any monkey with a cell phone is able to sell a property. Oh, now, we're, now we're selling my quotes, are we? I, that's my quote. No, that's absolutely a, not, Edward. A, look, he's, he's geriatric. Edward he doesn't Christian remember. McKnight, absolutely not. Well, any monkey with a cell phone has been able to sell a property, and it is going to lead to the rise of the professional real estate agent yep. who's actually able to do it. And I think following the three Ps, presentation, promotion, and choosing the right process for your property, that is what's going to give you the best opportunity to create that competitive multi-offer situation where you have multiple people wanting to buy it, bidding up that price. So follow the three Ps. It's all of the good standard stuff that's going to help you make that. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, want to see you come along to our webinar. It's coming up this Tuesday, the 5th of April at 7pm. We're talking about how to avoid the eight things that go wrong when you invest in property. Oh, it's going to be such a bang. I want to see you there. Link is down in the show notes. So tap or swipe over the cover out. There is a link in there. Or go to opuspartners.co.nz. It's going to be a lot of fun. listening to the Property Academy Podcast. I'm your host, Ed McLeight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time. <laughs>